Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Okay, hi. Hi, Mark. Happy New Year. Thank you, Jason. Look nice today in your suit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I look nice in her skirt, blouse, heels. <laughs> Jason says that every single time. I can't imagine the picture he has in his mind of what I look like. <laughs> And how much I would disappoint him if he actually <laughs> saw. <laughs> I must look like such a nerd in his brain. <laughs> it's awesome. So happy new year to you all. <clears throat> I welcome 2023 with open arms and an open heart. How many else? I do. I'm excited for all that is possible for all of us. So thank you, Lord, for this year. And even though we're already eight days in, and some of you, it almost feels weird to say Happy New Year, because it's the first time we saw each other since then, it'd probably be good. But Lord, I do ask that this would be a year of incredible possibility, and that we would have eyes to see it all. Thank you for what you're doing in the Lynn family. Thank you for what you're doing in so many of our families this year, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that we will, at the end of this year, be able to tell incredible stories of your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, I want to talk, and I'm trying to kind of like discern between talking about the vision that I see for our family for the year, uh, which is, it's three M words because pastors have to be like that. And, I, and then I also have three F words. <laughs> Yeah, I'll talk about those in a minute. Don't be afraid. So the three M words that I have for this year are manifest, measure, and multiply. And I really do believe that these could be very useful words for us this year. If you want to see your life look different than it has in the past, then I think those three words of manifest, measure, and multiply will be key words for you and for us so that our lives look way bigger, way more abundant, way more fruitful. Would anybody else want that for your life? Like, I, I don't think any of us just want it to kind of look the way it did, because I can promise you, if it looks the way it did, it's actually shrinking. Your life's actually shrinking. But if you can think of yourself in terms of, I want to manifest, which really just means to, I want my life to prove the reality of who God is. I want my life to be a testimony. I want my life to be something that people will look at, say your name, and say, Jesus is alive. The Father is full of love. Whatever it is that they would be able to say about you, who God is. Right? That would be an incredible testimony for us, that people would look at you and say, God is, because of looking at you. And then throughout the year, we can measure, we can actually appraise and assess where we are in that process, because we're all in this process of revealing the book of Revelation is the revealing of Jesus Christ. So you are this ongoing book of Revelation. Your life is a story that increasingly, hopefully, like we talked about, increasingly proves the reality of who God is. And I want to talk this throughout this year of ways that we can assess it. And it's going to be different for each one of us. It's going to look a little bit different. It's going to feel a little bit different. But I believe that we can actually measure it. And I think it's okay to be that practical about it. I think we need to get comfortable with being practical. Like, does this area of my life hide or manifest the glory of God? And I think we can do that this year. And then multiply. Like, I don't just want it to be in my life. Like, I want my kids to be impacted by the manifestation of Jesus in my life. I want those who I work with to manifest the Jesus that's in them. I want my life to be a seed sown into the lives of other people that their field would produce a harvest of who Jesus is. that me? Is that me? That's weird. I'm shaking or something. How's that? Okay, all right. Calm down. Phew. So multiply. You get it? Yeah, so that your life is not just your own anymore, right? You really are your brother's keeper. You really are your brother's seed. 
And they are really a field that your life is meant to be sown into. So don't be afraid to take your life and just bury it in someone else's, believing that their life will manifest the Jesus that's on the inside of them. Amen? Amen. So that's the, that's the vision for the year. I feel pretty good about sharing it that way. I think that's good. And then I want to talk this month, those of you that have been kind of following what we've been doing throughout the month of January, is that I want to focus on wisdom. If we can start with wisdom, which is what Jesus started with when he started the foundations of the earth, then I believe that the rest of this year will be built upon something so pure, so holy. Yeah, wisdom is pure and wisdom is holy. And if we can start with the wisdom of God, then everything we manifest, measure, and multiply will have his DNA in it. So I wanted to focus this month on a wisdom and starting with it and what it means to seek it. Like, Have you thought about actually seeking wisdom? searching it out, looking for it, being like like spending what you need to spend, sacrificing what you need to sacrifice, because throughout the book of Proverbs, you will find out that sacrifice, sorry, wisdom requires sacrifice to attain it. It's not free at all. In fact, wisdom is very costly, and it will cost you a lot of things. It'll cost you pride, has anybody ever humbled themselves and asked someone else for wisdom? Because what that says is, I don't know, but I think you might. And for some of us, that's a really hard thing to do. <laughs> but wisdom is costly. It costs you something. It's something else it'll cost you. It'll probably cost you what you've already done. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Like some of the things we have built, wisdom is going to look you in the eye and say, you need to tear that down if you want to build with me. And that is a very hard and humbling thing to do. And I have personally gotten used to tearing down things that I've built on the inside of myself so that I can build appropriately. So we're going to talk about that today. So my three Fs. Don't get weird about it. Wisdom is foundational. Wisdom is forward. And wisdom is forever. Okay? I'm going to talk to you for the next three... I, can I ask you, do I have the next three Sundays? Yeah. I do. Okay, cool. So, so for the next three weeks, starting today, I want to talk about each one of those Fs. So first today, we're going to talk about wisdom being foundational. And I apologize, Nick, I did not send you verses because I lost my phone. Yeah, I left my phone in an Uber in the middle of San Jose, Costa Rica. And it has been the very peaceful last 48 hours. Let me tell you, there was like 10 minutes of panic and then peace set in, and it was the best. So if you're saying something out there in the world, I have no idea what you're saying, and it is wonderful. Blissfully ignorant is real. Seriously. But I'm going to draw a picture today, and Lauren Diefenbach, you're not allowed to judge me, but I'm going to try to draw a picture today of what wisdom looks like being foundational. So... Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. Uh, we're going to see how good Nick is. So if you guys want to go there, I'm going to be in Proverbs 3, verse 19. Proverbs 24, verse 3. And then Luke 6, 46 through 49. Did you get them? I'll say them again. All right, we'll start with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. It's the one I've already shared with you today. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. This is how God started. So back in Genesis 1, if you were in Bible school this last fall, you know that we spent a lot of time talking about the creation. This is how creation began. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. And by understanding, he established the heavens. So even God uses wisdom and understanding to establish both the earth and the heavens. So this is a great pattern for us then to follow. It's almost like when I read Proverbs 3, I hear like, if you know those other verses in there, what are those other famous verses from Proverbs chapter 3? I want to see. Who's been reading Proverbs every day? Excellent. The entire chapter of Proverbs chapter 3 in my opinion, this is what I hear. Stop! 
That's what I hear in Proverbs chapter 3. Whatever you're doing, just pause. Just hit the pause button and consider the Lord. And that's what I love. Like It's almost as if the Lord gives us this moment every year to just pause. I call New Year the big pause in my life, where it's a pause and I ponder. I haven't always done this, but more recently in the last five to ten years of my life, I've used New Year's as my pause, especially that week between Christmas and New Year's. Anybody else do that or try to do that? If you can, it's great to try to take that period of time and just pause and consider. And Proverbs chapter 3 for me is this. And in 19, he says, this is how I started, and this is my suggestion to you. Found the rest of your year with wisdom. Start there. Okay? So at creation, the Lord looked around. If you just remember this, the Lord looks around. It's dark. It's wet. It's also moist. Anybody else hate that word? Terrible word, right? But that's exactly what it was at that time. It was just all like icky. And he says, I think I'm going to start with something better. I'm going to start with myself. And I feel like that is a huge cry to all of his children to say, hey, look around you and then stop, turn, look at me and start with me. Amen? Amen. All right. And the part of himself that he started with is wisdom. He started with wisdom and then he also established even the heavens with understanding, which means that Jesus built heaven. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand he established the heavens. So he built the heavens, guys. This, it just wasn't always there. It was like, I want to build a place where I'm going to have a throne. Because it says the heavens are the Lord's throne and the earth is his footstool. Okay, So he needed a good place for his butt and he needed a really good place for his feet. And so he needed to establish something strong and he uses wisdom and understanding for those two things. All right, Proverbs 24.3. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. Same concept. See that? You see the pattern? Wisdom builds the house, and then it's established by understanding. Okay? So this is a pattern that both God uses, and then he also encourages us. Before you start, take a minute, and let's think about wisdom. And if you look out throughout the Proverbs that you've read so far, probably, and Proverbs 8 is, is no different, you're going to see that Wisdom is not shy. One of the themes you're going to see in Proverbs, and the first eight chapters shows it to you multiple times, is that Proverbs is yelling. Sorry, wisdom is crying. Excuse me. Wisdom is yelling out. Okay? So, I asked Lord whether or not I should say this. So I'm just going to say it because I said it. I think if you know that you're a person of wisdom... I think it's time for you to stop being shy about it. Because one of the things that I think is kind of like a, an imaginative picture we have in our minds is that wisdom hides. Like one of the things I have, and I don't know why I have this in my head, but I do, maybe no one else does, but it's almost like wisdom is the old guy with a really long beard who lives on the top of a mountain, and you got to climb up there to go get him, and it's a lot, and there is sacrifice involved in going after wisdom, but the guy on the mountain is standing up and he's shouting down to the valley below, come up here. And I want you to know that there is someone in your life right now who is building their house with wisdom and they're asking you to come and sit with them in their living room. And one of the things wisdom is, and anyone who has wisdom, anyone who's built their life on wisdom and has it to offer people, they are wide open. They are not secretive. They are not uh, selfish with what they have. They are free. And Proverbs shows us that this wisdom is crying out. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 8. I don't have this down, but the proverb for today, the verse 1. The proverb for today is Proverbs chapter 8 because it's January 8th. Look at these first couple of verses of Proverbs 8. How many people read Proverbs 8 this morning before they came to church? All right, six of you. Way to go. Does not wisdom call? Now, wisdom might not call with like this audible voice of saying, hey, Rochelle, get over here. But instead, what wisdom will often do, will wisdom will be building. 
And what it builds is so incredible and so beautiful that it draws our attention. Has anybody ever had that? Like someone's life is like, wow, they are doing some really great things. Their life is establishing some powerful things. And I can't help but notice that's wisdom's call to us. Someone else's life is abundant. Someone else's life is stable. Someone else's life is full of fruit. And it can't, I can't help it. I'm looking over there. Think of it this way. Wisdom is calling. Someone's life is, is really like, wow, that life is the kind of life I would like, and it draws my attention. That's wisdom's call. And does not understanding lift up her voice. Like she wants to be heard. She wants to be seen. She wants to be noticed, and she's calling us in. Next verse. On the top of the heights beside the way. So don't think of this as this I mean, like I said, guy with a long beard on top of the mountain far away. It says on the top of the heights, but it's right by the way that you're walking. So wisdom is stationing itself close enough that when you walk by, it wants to make sure you hear it calling out. Hey, I am here. Hey. Where the paths meet, she takes her stand. So where multiple people end up together, she wants to be right there. I love, by the way, that wisdom's a woman. I love that. She is enticing and she's attractive. She wants to be sought after. She wants to be listened to. Next one. This is the key. This is the one I wanted you to see today. Beside the gates, there's three different things here. Beside the gates, at the opening to the city, at the entrance of the doors. What's the theme there? Anybody see a theme in those three? At the beginning. The gate is the beginning. It's where you enter. At the opening to the city. So if you think, think of a city with big, thick walls, at the opening where you walk into the city, that's where wisdom is. She's at the beginning. Right. She's at the point of decision where those paths meet. And then finally at the entrance of the doors. We often think of the door as the entrance, but she's even at the entrance of the door. She's like, I want to make sure that before you get in here, before you start 2023, come talk to me. Before you make any big decisions, before you do anything that you will regret by July, right here, here I am, January 8th, I'm here, come talk to me. Before you go talk to somebody else, before you go get a new phone, pause and come talk to me. Like it might be the best thing for you to lose your phone, like just give it to me, I'll take it. Just for 48 hours, and listen to what wisdom might be saying to you, okay? So you'll see right there in verse 3 of chapter 8, our verse for today, we're going to see how wisdom cries out at the beginning. So like I said, I'm going to try to draw a picture today. And we're going to have Luke chapter 6 in mind. I want to define some of these words for you, but I need to draw. I'm trying to decide. All right. Lauren, are you in the room? Come here. Instead of trying to be you, I'll just let you be you. Do you mind? Okay, so don't laugh at this. Because I, I, okay? Can you make that look better? Okay, so. Okay, this is great. <clears throat> so the word wise, I'm going to define a couple words for you while she's drawing. That way this can be interactive. Wise actually has to do with ropes. The actual Hebrew word for wise mean is to use the ropes that steer your life accurately. So I, I, I don't know if it was based upon like the ropes that move sails on a boat. I'm not exactly sure where the word kind of had its origin, but the idea is that you've got these ropes and a wise person has these ropes and they know how to use it so their life hits the, the intended target. You guys with me so far? So to be wise means you know how to use the ropes. OK? 
Okay? So then wisdom, so wise would be an adjective, right, English people? Is wise an adjective? Wise is an adjective. So wisdom is a noun. So it's a person, place, or thing. I'm trying to like, or an idea. Okay. So wisdom would then be, it has its root in the ability to, you know, use those ropes to guide your life so that, you know, you're, you're avoiding the rocks, you're avoiding the, the, the ditches on either side of the road, for example, if you're talking about a path, and you end up at your intended destination. A wise person uses, okay, let's just call it the steering wheel because the ropes, who uses ropes anymore to guide anything, right? Or reins on a horse. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. The goal would be that you get where you're intending, okay? So wisdom is you're seeking out ways to even more accurately guide your life. You with me so far? Okay. So the term sin, how many people know what the term sin actually means? The old English word for sin, before it was used the way it is now, it actually used to be used by archers. I know a lot of you have already heard this before, so this is not new, but it's good. So when an archer would shoot, they would shoot so far they wouldn't be able to see where their arrow ended up. So there was someone on the other end, which would be a very scary place to stand, when someone's shooting an arrow. And if they did not hit the target, they would yell back to the archer, sin, which simply meant that their arrow did not hit the target. So a wise one is one who then listens to what, and then the person would actually say, you know, three inches or whatever it is to the right was where you hit the last time, and so he moves. Wisdom is the ability to take and go back so that you hit your target. You guys with me? Yeah. So you listen and you move. Okay. Wisdom is the ability to guide your life. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, but it's okay. Can you do it bigger? Can you do it bigger? And don't do this part yet. Everything but that part. You didn't say that. I know I didn't say that. Because I was not planning on you doing this. I was planning on me doing this. This is a living look of how my mind works right here. You didn't tell me not to do that. I know I didn't tell you not to do that because I just changed my mind about that. That's, anybody else work that way? Yeah, okay, just me? All right, great. So we've got wise, which is how to guide your life. We have wisdom, which is the application of that and the increasing skill, like you're seeking to better and more skillfully guide your life. That's wisdom, okay? And then the last one is understanding, which is we saw several times. And that word actually means to separate. The Hebrew word for understanding throughout it, when you're reading Proverbs now for the rest of this month, you see the word wise or you see the word wisdom. You've got those definitions then the word understanding needs to separate. So as you're going down this path of life in 2023, understanding sees exits, sees turns in the road. Understanding is the ability to say, that's my turn, that is not my turn. You got with me? You with me? The term understanding means you know which turn is yours and when you need to stay on the path that you're currently on. Because some, and what's incredible about this life that we live as the children of God is that that one turn is absolutely perfect for your brother and a shipwreck for you. And wisdom tells you that's for your brother, it's not for you. That's what understanding does. But the problem is we are so inclined to look around and say, hey, so-and-so, who I like a lot, did that turn. Like, look, let's go back to the whole seeking of wisdom thing. I used to do this early on in my life. I would just seek anyone that was successful. There was a difference between success and wisdom. Successful people tried to tell me exactly what they did. Wise people seek the Lord with me to tell me what I might or should do. Do you hear the difference? Big difference. Wisdom thinks about the child. 
Success thinks about itself and tries to tell everybody else to do exactly what I did. And I just want to give you this right from the beginning. Stop listening to people who are telling you what they did. Start listening to people who love and care about you enough that tell you what you would be best for you. What would be best for you? Are you with me? There is a big difference. And you're going to see in this... Thank you. No, but can you sit right there? Okay. (laughs) All right. So we've got wise, right? A wise person steers their life accurately to hit the mark. Wisdom is like... The noun form of that, which is like, okay, I don't have all the wisdom I need to steer, so I seek it out. That's what, and by the way, the Bible actually tells us to seek wisdom more than riches, more than silver, more than gold. Guys, more than money. Hello? This is really important. Seek wisdom, and you'll always have enough. In fact, you'll always have more than enough. All right. And then finally, understanding is to be able to separate that was good, that wasn't good. Pen? Actually, you keep that one. I'll use this one. Okay, so this... Yeah, I'll need that one too. I'll need that one too. Sorry. (laughs) Remember, just a picture of my brain? Okay. So this is a half cutout of your life. It's a full circle if it was going down around the other way. This is you. This is a circle. How many people did SOS? You guys remember the donut? If you don't remember the donut, we're, I think we're going to revisit SOS this year. I think it's time to restart it. I say that now to be held accountable for that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so in our lives is this center point called original us, how God originally created us to be. Jason, what I have on the, on the whiteboard is like a half picture. I don't have it. Lauren Diefenbach has it. Yeah, and in the middle is a smaller circle, and inside the smaller circle is either original us if it's you, but I actually want to do it this way. I'm actually going to write the name of Jesus in this inner circle because actually original us and Jesus, I think, are are like we're in union at this point. This is where we are with him. So who we were originally created to be and who Jesus is are at oneness in this inner circle of who we are. Okay, then we begin to build our life, okay? And many of us, let's be honest, have built our lives on things other than the Lord. Just wave at me, because I just wave at me. I just want to make sure I'm in the same room. Like, we have a couple over here who are wearing Eagles jerseys. They obviously have not built their football life on Jesus. I feel for them, but there's always time. It just gives us something to pray for, for people. And then sometimes they make their sin obvious that they wear it like a jersey. Okay. Anyway, so when you were young, you built your life based upon your mom and your dad or the lack of. Okay. This is, this is everyone's life. I will just tell you this right now. We build layers onto who God originally created us to be, and we build it. First and foremost, like I'm thinking about my grandson right now, he's 15 months old, the only thing that matters to him is mom, then nana, and somewhere down the list is dad, and even farther down the list is pop. Okay, nonetheless, this is where we start. Our experiences start with mom and dad, and then eventually we create our own childhood. How many people have childhood memories? How many of them are good? How many of them aren't so good? How many people had some memories of childhood that aren't good? Okay, so then we build that part of our lives, and then we become teenagers and young adults, and that is a whole other section of our life that we build. And then we have adult decisions and beliefs, and depending on how old you are, <laughs> this level's thicker or thinner. And then finally, and again, this is, this is a very multifaceted thing. This is just something I was doing. But, and then we have all of these social influences now that we can build our life on, Okay. But Luke chapter 6, and this is where I was going, Nick, if you can go really go to that really quick. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. You guys know this story. We've talked about this before. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me hears my words and acts on them. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house 
who dug deep, just look at that picture, and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built his house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burnt against it, burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. We have to make decisions. If we're going to truly seek wisdom, okay, get ready, you're going to start building, okay? All right. We have done this, I personally have done this, where we have built our lives on one of these layers of our life. For example, let's say something very powerful, impacting, took place somewhere in this area, the father-mother part or even in the childhood part. It could be incredibly powerful or it can be incredibly traumatic. Okay? And depending upon how powerful it is, we will have built our house here. In fact, if you guys remember, I think it was two years ago, I defined faith as either the most powerful or impacting experience of your life or the ongoing, the most preeminent, preeminent dialogue of your life. That is actually your faith. Many of us would say that our faith is Jesus, but the reality is if Jesus is not the preeminent dialogue of your life or if Jesus is not the most impacting moment of your life, he is not your faith. And that's a very stark realization to come to. But if we build our lives somewhere in this area, because this is this, right? You guys understand that, right? So these first two layers here are childhood and father-mother. Many of our houses are built here. Because those are powerful moments. Those are impacting, life-defining moments. And we built our house here. And the Bible says that if we build our house here and the storm comes, the house, it'll collapse. It'll fall apart. Wisdom is crying out right now in our lives, saying, and this is a really hard thing to say, tear that house down. Wisdom does not come and say, I'm going to help you make that house a good house. What I just said is life-altering if you let it happen to you. Wisdom does not come to the house that you have built on a childhood or father-mother realization and say, I'm going to help you build that house. If you have someone or something that comes and verifies and justifies that house, it's not wisdom. I just, I just need that to settle in. Because wisdom starts here. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong. Inside, while you're drawing, it's okay. Keep going. Inside these layers are moments Every single one of those layers have moments where Jesus was himself to you. And they kind of like create like these little veins that come down into Jesus. Okay? And then they also tie over here. Keep going, you're doing great. Way better than me. You'll see this better. You'll have those moments in every one of those lives where God showed up and did something powerful to keep you moving forward. Anybody else? Like you, you have these defining moments in your childhood, in your teenage year. You can look back and you say, there's where God saved my life. Or in your adult life where you just made a decision, you had no idea what you were doing in that moment, but God just showed up and was himself and just did something there so you didn't die. That's God showing up in those moments. But wisdom says, hey, stop what you're doing. Dig deeper. Wisdom shows up and says, that house that you've built, I dare you to sell it. Even better, don't sell it to somebody else. Just vacate it. 
This is where wisdom becomes really costly because for some of us, we've been living in houses for a really long time that we decorated, that we got to have that, you know, we have the divot in the bed where it just fits our body perfectly. Anybody have a mattress like that? You're like, it's time for a new mattress in the Dirty Ant House, I'll just tell you, because I got that pivot, that divot. We've got these places, we've got that recliner that's got like crumbs from years ago that you were like, I'm in this recliner. I am loving life. Let's watch Lord of the Rings again. You know, that kind of thing. And the Lord, see, and the Lord is saying, burn it. Hello? Wisdom actually walks up to you while you're in your recliner and it is so comfortable. You know you can reach down and get a cheese it whenever you want it. And the Lord says, that thing is so stale. That's not yesterday's. That's last year's Cheez-It. But you're like, I don't care. But you don't even know. You don't even realize. Look, that is a stark, silly example of how we live our lives. Many of us are in houses and in beds and in chairs that were never originally intended for us but we built a house there because it's become a defining moment in our life. And wisdom says, hey, I'm here. And if you go past that moment, go deeper into that place and start drilling in here, I'm going to give you a life that is way better than your cheese-it infested recliner. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with cheese. It was just the first thing that came. Yeah. Okay. So Sean just yelled experience. Okay. I, I'm going to give you Mark's opinion. Okay. I'm really clear about this. I'm really clear when I give you my opinion versus what I think the Lord's saying. Okay. This is Mark's opinion. Learning from experience is okay. Learning from wisdom is holy. Wisdom is foundational. Experience is not a great foundation. It's good, okay? I have had experiences in my life that I refer back to, but the best ones that I refer back to are the ones where Jesus is the star, okay? Any experience where Jesus is not the main character, I suggest you not build on that experience. This is, I hope you just heard that. That was wisdom crying out in the street for you. If you hearken back to experience and you know that your life to some extent is built on that experience, but Jesus isn't the star. He isn't like the main, hey, look what I did in that moment for you. Then I suggest that you decide I'm not going to live in that house anymore. Hello? All right, I'm going to go a little farther with that. When you're building with wisdom, the foundation is Jesus. I've said this before, and we'll keep saying this over and over again. The foundation is not anything you did or anything that happened to you. You with me so far? Okay. Because for a lot of us, whether or not, no matter how traumatic or how powerful it was, it happened to you which means a lot of times you didn't have control over it or you were somehow involved in it. And again, if Jesus wasn't the star, if he wasn't the source, if he wasn't like the main character of that moment, there is fault in that experience. You guys with me so far? Yeah. And so what happens is as we, like true wisdom, what it'll do, it'll connect to this person, Jesus, and then it'll bring you back to those moments in your mother-father experience. It'll bring you back to moments in your childhood, in your teenage years, in your young adult years. It'll even bring you to moments in current reality, in like social moments. So let's say you were, I don't know, watching a movie or listening to a podcast or uh, someone, you were walking down the street. And how many people even walk down the street anymore? Does that even happen anymore? In Costa Rica, it does a lot more than in America. Anyway, what I was seeing is if you can have moments in your life where you can kind of pinpoint that was the Lord, then there is a point 
where you can then draw on that and it, 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 it becomes anchors in the rock. Are you with me? Those moments where you know God was with you, where God was doing something powerful, and it pulls you here, and then wisdom establishes your house. This is Proverbs again. Wisdom builds her house, and by understanding, it establishes its foundation. It goes all the way down, and it drills here, and it stays here. The powerful thing, if you think about like laying a foundation, I'm kind of peeking into next week here a little bit, but I'm going to just set this up for myself and for you. When you think about wisdom and it's laying a foundation, it looks for rock and it just, okay, I'm on the rock. And then everything else that's done on the rock is thinking about what's going to go on top of it. Really important. Oftentimes, our lives are not thinking about what's going to happen afterwards. We're thinking about what has happened before. And this is where the term experience or the past actually becomes a problem because wisdom is always thinking forward. Wisdom is always looking at what is going to happen as the result of what I'm doing right now. Too much of our lives is thinking about what happened versus what will happen. So a good mom and dad, for example, thinks today, this decision that I'm making right now, my children will live a life built on it. A, a person that's not thinking about future generations is thinking about how my life has led to this moment. Everything about wisdom is thinking about what's going to be built upon this. So let's think about, and I'm just going to, because I know we're about there, right? Oh, we are there. I'm sorry. I'll finish with this. When I think about when God was like forming the earth, light, and then separating the waters, and then establishing life, and all of these things at the creation, he was only thinking about one thing. What was he thinking about? He was thinking about people. He was getting everything ready for us. It was all about putting people on this beautiful landscape that would eventually share an ongoing relationship with him as father. That's all he was thinking about. So he made mountains and valleys and rivers and animals everywhere and trees that just grew because Adam walked by and all of this stuff just so that nothing would distract from relationship with him. I hope you just heard that last statement. Because wisdom, you know you're working with wisdom that everything in your life doesn't distract from him, but draws you to him. If you're not building with wisdom, it pulls you away. These things in your life will constantly pull you away. You'll pull away, and then all of a sudden you're kind of down a rabbit hole for five hours. And you realize, Where's Jesus been? you got to climb back up your rabbit hole. Wisdom never requires a climb back up the rabbit hole. Ever. Because there are none. Wisdom is a path that leads to life. Go read Proverbs. I think it was five or six. She's a path of life. And Jesus is always on that path. Wisdom builds a landscape, builds a house, builds a room, whatever metaphor you want to use, where Jesus is always right here. You know you're building with the Lord when none of this stuff is in the way, just the moments that led to a house built upon the rock. Wisdom is foundational, and you start here, okay? So one of the big things I wanted you to get, and I, I'm going to think forward, think forward, but right now think foundational. These little greenhouses here, see the little greenhouse built on somewhere in the father-mother childhood thing? Like, we have them. And maybe it's not the house we're living in, but it's a house we often visit. And we know it's somewhere in the corner of our soul. And when things get rough, it's a house we go run into and it makes us at least feel justified why we haven't grown or why we haven't made this change or why we haven't made the decision that we make. It's, a, it's actually a place of safety because it's comfortable. Back to the, the recliner and the bed and all that kind of stuff. It's not the best, but it's what I know. Define anybody? Yeah, okay, so this might be a place where I'm not here anymore, but I'm at least here. Anybody have that? Like, 
I'm not as bad as I used to be. But that's not wisdom. Wisdom never says I'm not as bad as I used to be. Wisdom says, look how much more there is to me. Wisdom constantly has in front of it, back to the hope. There is so much more who God created me to be. Wisdom constantly keeps our eyes on that. Wisdom says, hey, do you have any idea how incredible I made you? And no, no matter the current circumstance you're currently living in, there is a beautiful end to the story. And wisdom says, build with me and you'll get it. Everything that was meant for you is still available. and You can start right now. That's why she cries out. She's like, you can start now. I'm not going to try to fix everything. Hello? I'm going to tell you this right now. Wisdom is not going to try to take all of these frayed, awful ends of your life and tie it all together to be beautiful. There's a lot of nice little things you can hang on your wall that say that, but that's not what wisdom says. Wisdom actually says, can I light all those frayed ends on fire for you so that they're not there anymore to remind you of a life that didn't work and let's build new right now. Wisdom is your ongoing, let's start fresh now. You had your hand up? Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. I agree. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's saying that wisdom doesn't move forward without us. Wisdom is always in our now. So it's almost like, has anybody ever felt like you missed an opportunity? You did. Here's the incredible thing. There's another one. Wisdom always presents another opportunity. There are always opportunities. Yes, you messed up. Yes, you missed opportunities. Yes, you failed. And today, wisdom's like, I got more for you. I have more for you. I am right here. I might have moved forward with somebody else. And there's the problem with comparison. It feels like wisdom left without you because someone else went forward when you didn't. And it feels like now you're behind. No, you're not. You are right where you stopped. Other people moved forward. It doesn't mean you lost. It just means you need to move forward. Stop comparing yourself to somebody else. Just because someone else chose wisdom to move forward does not mean you can't today. You can right now. She is here and she says, look at this opportunity. That's the beautiful thing about New Year for me. Like, and like, you can start anytime. You can start July 3rd. You can start January 8th. All right, these first eight days, I really sucked it up. But January 1st, right now, you, me, let's do this. Today, wisdom, you and me, we're stepping together. And it looks like such a small, insignificant opportunity. Damn it, take it. Like, I'm really clear about this. I want you to be really, take the small, seemingly insignificant opportunity. Because today is the day, and it's small beginnings that lead to incredible things. So take some silly, small opportunity that you can then build on towards something bigger, okay? And I'm going to tell you, for some of us, the biggest opportunity that's in front of you, and it's also the smallest, is to leave the recliner. The old, comfortable, you built your life on this experience, this traumatic childhood thing, or this, you know, I just, you know, God is this, whatever it is. I have a feeling most of us know what our recliner is. Most of us know the old house, it smells musty, but man, it's mine. Hello? Just decide, no. This, this, I mean, yeah, it's good, but there is something so much better. And I know you always think of like, like in a movie or in a picture in your mind, you'll walk out the door. Actually, no. You actually drill through the floor. If you actually think about it, based on this picture, you realize that I built a house here, for example, and I realized I need to start drilling to here. That's actually how you leave the house you're currently in to get to the rock. You actually have to go dive in. Any other thoughts before we finish? I thought I saw a hand up over here. Is there a hand up over here? No? 
All right. Father, you are a good, good father. Everything you have for us is good. Everything you ever thought about for us is good. We make the decision right now, January 8th, 2023, to start fresh with you. We are drilling past experiences, traumatic or good. We're going past them to something deeper and more foundational. And his name is Jesus. And this Jesus is the only way. I am convinced of this beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is no other way to not only God, but also to the best life we were created for than Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we drill down and we build our house on this rock. The drilling is costly. The drilling means living things that we've even built and invested in because we think it's good or it's us, but we're like, there's something better. There's something better. I don't know how many years ago it was, but I remember like one of the things that we talked about at the beginning of a year was putting something down and picking something up. I feel like that is part of the revisiting Jesus, the going deeper, the drilling down. You need to pick something up, you put down because it cost you something or it was painful. I think it's time for someone to pick it back up. And for some of you, you picked something up because building on Jesus or going deeper was painful costly, uncomfortable, you lost friends, whatever it is, put it down. I bless you. Here's my Father's blessing for you this year. I bless you with the courage to vacate the house that you're currently in and drill deeper and hit the bedrock. I bless you with courage and strength and uh, tenacity to not stop until you hit the rock who is Jesus. Repent as much as you need to. Turn and walk deeper, a new way, until Jesus is your rock and you know it. I bless you with the courage to start new. Behold, old things have passed away. All things are new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your patience with me today as I went past noon. I love you. More to come. Have a great week. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.